it's not easy to watch our kids fiddle with something that that would take us two seconds to do, right? It could be also super annoying or super triggering. Like I totally get it, but I would just encourage you to resist the urge to just jump in and, and do it for them because it'll be faster. Let them vacuum the living room, even if you have to leave the room while they're doing it because it's driving you nuts how they're not going in a certain pattern or they're missing spots or whatever it is. Like They're not going to do stuff as well as we do it. And they're not going to do stuff the same way that we do it, but we've got to get okay with that because it's part of the process. So if you have to leave the room so you're not micromanaging them or criticizing them, like do it. Do what you need to do to give them the space to learn because they're not going to get better and they're not going to grow in that independence in the task without the opportunity to practice being independent. Welcome back to the Motherhood Podcast, a live workshop-style podcast that is helping thousands of moms redefine their motherhood journey. There was a point in my life when I was trying to do all the things, parent my kids, pour into my marriage, run a busy law practice, keep up my home, and what I found was that I was on the fast track to burnout until I discovered a better way. Now I help women just like you to close the gap between their vision of motherhood and what they're actually experiencing in their day-to-day lives. Together, we'll explore when and where to simplify, systemize, and surrender. I promise you, you're already doing so much better than you think. I'm your coach, Michelle Grosser, and this is Motherhood. It is another Motherhood Monday, and I am so excited to have you guys here with me today. Uh, this episode is dropping on July 4th, and I couldn't help my my cheesy self, so today we're going to talk about raising independent children on Independence Day. So if you find any part of this podcast helpful today, I would just love it if you would take a minute to subscribe to the show. As always, I just truly thank you for the honor of your time. As we jump into it today, man, there are just so many reasons we want to raise independent kids. One is that autonomy is such a critical part of our childhood. Like our kids need to be given the opportunity to develop a sense of self, to get to know who they are. Like what do they think? What do they like? How do they express themselves? What can they do? Like what are they good at? How do their decisions affect others? What kind of authority do they have just as a human being, like making their own choices and being toilet trained and showing their sense of style. Like it's all part of their autonomy and giving them some independence is the only way they can really start to explore their sense of self. So it's letting them know that they have control over themselves and they have control over the choices that they make. And learning how to be independent, it's a critical skill for our kids to develop as it teaches them how to conduct themselves later in life as they take on greater responsibilities. But as moms, we luckily don't have to wait until later in life before we can actually start to experience some of the payoff in raising independent kids because confident, capable kids are going to do things that will actually take stuff off your plate, which is such a huge win. I mean, imagine your kid's picking up after themselves and getting their own snacks or taking out the trash and washing their own laundry, doing their own dishes. Like, yes, 
And it's not just doing stuff to make our lives easier, but it's doing stuff because they're part of a community where everyone contributes, right? Our family is a place where everyone chips in, but they can't participate unless they're given some level of independence to actually learn how to do tasks that are helpful. But I think sometimes as parents, and I often see this in my clients, it's that at first we're wanting them to stay little and grow more independent all at the same time, right? It's that that paradox and we can feel them and their littleness slipping away and we want desperately to hold on to it and preserve it, but we're not doing them any favors by coddling them or enabling them because we're trying to raise future adults who have skills to function in and contribute to society. And then second is that in the process of them learning to be independent in different areas, it requires so much time and so much patience from us as their caregivers. But continuing to do things for our kids because we can do it faster or we can do it cleaner and we can't stand the mess or for whatever reason, it really sends a message to our kids every time that we jump in to kind of rescue them, right? It sends a message to them that they're incapable, right? That we don't trust them. And this actually discourages independence and it lowers self-esteem and it lowers their problem-solving skills. So our kids end up developing this learned helplessness. So I thought maybe today we could go through three handles or three ways that we can really start to intentionally raise independent children. So number one, and the first thing I thought of was to give them chores. All the yes, all the amen to this one, right? Getting those kiddos helping out around the house. And no matter what age your kids are, you can find age-appropriate chores for them to do. I think you'd be amazed at the things your kids are actually capable of doing. And if you're not sure what they're capable of, you know, first you can probably just Google age-appropriate chores and you'll get tons of lists with ideas for every age, even your really little kids. I mean, as soon as they're mobile, they can really start helping in small ways, just putting their toys in a bin or, um, you know, putting their clothes away or, or trying to fold small things. And then second, I would encourage you to challenge your kids a bit here, right? Teach them to do something that might be just beyond what you think they're capable of. And if you stay patient and I think adjust your expectations for how, quote unquote, like perfectly they're going to do that task, I think you'll be shocked by how capable your kids actually are. And we want to try to give our kids something to do that's actually helpful. I think you'll find that your kids are much more likely to enthusiastically participate when they feel like they're actually helping. So we're going to get more buy-in from our kids if we give them things to do like putting groceries away or folding laundry than we will if we're just giving them some sort of menial tasks just to keep them busy and, and out of our hair. You know, one of my four-year-old's favorite chores is cleaning the bathroom. Like, it's crazy when I think about it, but she'll clear the vanity top off and she knows how to spray the glass cleaner and she'll grab a cloth and she'll use her little step stool and I'll watch and she'll climb up on the counter while I'm standing there and she wipes down 
the mirrors and she can wipe down the counter and the sinks and guys, she cleans the toilet. Like it's crazy. She uses this little toilet cleaning scrubber brush thing that we have and and she cleans the toilet bowl and she loves doing it and it's wild. And then, you know, she'll wipe down the outside of the toilet and that's pretty much the extent of, of the things she can do, but she's so proud of herself. And, and is she amazing and incredible and all the things? Yeah. Yes. Of course she is. But is she different than any other four year old? No. And like, if this is, this is shocking to you, I would encourage you to let your kids try some stuff that you don't think they're capable of. Like watch wherever you set that bar is where your kids will rise, where they'll rise to, right? So so set it a little bit higher than you're maybe comfortable with and watch them rise to try to meet it. And you know, when Ashton's in there and she's cleaning the bathroom, like, are the mirrors completely streak-free? No, they're not. Is all the toothpaste you know, scrubbed out of the sinks? Probably not. Does the shower and the floor still need to be scrubbed? Yeah but she's helping. And when I go in and I finish it and it just takes me a couple of minutes, like it's not even really the point. The point is that she's learning and she's growing in her confidence and she feels like she's an important part of our family. And these are life skills that she's going to get better at. And later on, it's just going to keep growing her independence. So that's number one, get them involved in the chores, give them some responsibility, give them some tasks to do. And watch as the more you ask of them, the more they're going to be able to do. And then number two, kind of in that same vein, but we really want to let our kids do things themselves. Like we want to give them the freedom to do things for themselves on their own. As long as it's safe, right? We can safely give them some responsibility that might be a little bit uncomfortable for us. You know, we can't bubble wrap our kids And we want them to believe that we trust in their capabilities. We went to the mall this weekend and at our mall, there's like this really long, high escalator. And my kids were all, all about it. And I wrote it up with them and I wrote it down with them once. And then I wrote it up with them and I wrote it down with them a second time. And then they wanted to do it again. And I encouraged them to go up and down the escalator without me. Now, this is my four and five-year-old in a busy mall in Miami, and I promise you they were safe. I had my eye on them every second, but it was something that they could do by themselves independently that made us both a little bit uncomfortable, I think, but it was good. It was such a good type of discomfort, and I just stood there at the bottom of the escalator And I watched them and they were so dang proud, but you know, they were waving to people. They were saying, excuse me. They were quietly standing to the right side of the escalator so people could walk around them if they needed to. And they crushed it by themselves. And I stood there at the bottom and I watched them go all the way up the escalator by themselves. And they kept, you know, turning and looking at me, making sure I was there waving. Then they got to the top of the escalator And they turned the corner and they got back on and they came back down. And it was such a good opportunity for them to safely do something that they perceived as like this huge big deal. Like that's what big kids do. That's what grownups do. And they just did it by themselves. And I say that just to say that I would encourage you to find your own opportunities like this with your kids. 
Like look out for them. Can your kid, you know, go to the end of the driveway and get the mail out of the mailbox by himself? Can your daughter crack the eggs when you're making breakfast? Can your 10-year-old, you know, go to the other side of the grocery store by himself and grab a loaf of bread? Like you decide what's safe for them, but really I want you to think about whether they're actually safe and maybe push yourself a little bit past your comfort zone and letting them do things by themselves. And this is kind of one-off stuff, but also just in their day-to-day routines. Like, do your kids dress themselves? Do they pack their own lunch or do they help you if they're really little? Do they help you pack their lunch? Do they pack their own backpacks? Do they, you know, put on their own shoes? Like, this independence, it teaches them so much about responsibility, right? And it teaches them about time management. And yeah, it may take longer for them to do some of these things alone, than it would if if you just did it for them, right? But my friends, make the investment. It's an investment. It's exactly that. So make the investment and plan for it. If your daughter's going to do her own hair, like get her up 10 minutes earlier so this doesn't become this stressful thing where you're racing against the clock because I get the struggle. (laughs) It's not easy to watch our kids fiddle with something that, that would take us two seconds to do, right? It could be also super annoying or super triggering, like I totally get it, but I would just encourage you to resist the urge to just jump in and and do it for them because it'll be faster. Let themselves buckle themselves in and, you know, fiddle with that buckle. Let them feed the dogs and spill a quarter of the dog food on the way from where you keep the dog food to the dog dish, right? Like let them vacuum the living room, even if you have to leave the room while they're doing it because it's driving you nuts how they're not going in a certain pattern or they're missing spots or whatever it is. Like they're not going to do stuff as well as we do it. And they're not going to do stuff the same way that we do it, but we've got to get okay with that because it's part of the process. So if you have to leave the room, so you're not micromanaging them or criticizing them, like do it because no one wants to be criticized when they're learning something new, right? So do what you need to do to give them the space to learn because they're not going to get better and they're not going to grow in that independence in the task without the opportunity to practice being independent. So I'd encourage you, like, just do a little inventory. What are the things you guys do each day that your kids could probably be doing themselves? Getting dressed, brushing their hair, brushing their teeth, making meals, snacks, chores, like whatever it is that you're doing, be mindful of what it is that they could be doing on their own and then start empowering them to do it and step out of it. So that's number two. And then number three is we want to allow our kids space to work out their own disagreements. And this one is so good. Like I can't tell you how often I have to resist the urge to step in when I hear my kids getting at it. I have to stay out of it so that they can start exploring how they resolve conflict on their own. And sometimes like I'll hear them going at it and I literally get all the way to their bedroom door and then I'll just catch myself and stop and I'll just stand right outside their door and I'll just give them a few minutes to try to work some stuff out themselves before I jump in. And this isn't, you know, neglect. It's not permissive parenting. It's You know, yes, we have to teach them skills to use in resolving their conflict, absolutely. But we also need to give them space to practice the skills we're teaching them. Like we know we can't always be there. 
So this is about giving them some space in a safe environment to try to start working through some of this conflict themselves. And when I'm, you know, eavesdropping at their door on their conflicts, it's also a great opportunity for me to hear and learn, like, where are they getting stuck? Where are they struggling or maybe taking missteps in their conflict resolution that I can address super specifically later? And often they'll actually surprise me and figure out a resolution on their own. And when they don't, they'll come find me. Like they're really good at coming to find me when they need help. And they know by now that I'm not going to let them just come to me with all this, you know, tattletaling or he said, she said, or complaining or whatever it is. So now my five-year-old will come to me mid-conflict and she'll ask like, mom, can you help me brainstorm what to do with Ashton right now? She's making me so mad. (laughs) And then we'll work together. And this is still an act of, of supporting her in her independence, but we'll work together to come up with ideas for how she can go back in with her sister and still try to resolve whatever conflict it is. But now she has new tools that she can try to see what she thinks works. So number one, we'll just briefly go through these to recap. One, we're going to give our kids chores. We're going to empower them in responsibility. We're going to let them know that we're counting on them as parts of our family to contribute, make the household run, and finding age-appropriate chores for them to do where they can really feel like they're, they're important and what they're doing is making a difference and that they can do things independently that really help. And then number two, we're just going to let them do some things on their own and by themselves. And this one's really about us, right? It's less about them and more about us. It's about remembering that we've got to surrender some control and some speed and some efficiency and, and some cleanliness in exchange for our kids learning to be responsible and self-sufficient. And it's about deciding to stay out when what we really want to do is just step in. And then number three is we're going to allow our kids some space to really learn how to work out their own disagreements. So giving them that space to practice their conflict resolution skills that we're teaching them, figuring out, you know, what works, what doesn't, what seems to get me the result that I want, and what do I do when things don't go my way? Like, how do I resource myself when I'm at my wit's end, or I'm getting really upset, or what I'm trying isn't working. Such a good opportunity for them to learn conflict resolution skills when they're little that really carries out things that they'll need to know how to do in high school later on in life as they enter adulthood. So there we have it. Um, But it is Motherhood Monday. And before we go, we always start the week in prayer. So let's do it. God, we thank you for the gift of a new week. As we focus on raising independent kids this week, God, we just acknowledge that these kids aren't ours, but that we've been entrusted with them for a short time to help prepare them to carry out the calling that you have on their lives, God. So give us the discernment to know when and how to call them forward in independence. You know, give us hearts to trust them and the patience to teach them new skills and support them as they learn and, and grow in their independence. Lord, we know that they're not they're not our mini-me's and they're not little robots, but they're autonomous beings, God. So let us treat them with dignity and with respect as they learn to do things on their own. And 
let us remember that we also had to learn all the things that we now know how to do. So in giving them the gift of autonomy and independence, young God, we're, we're giving them skills to thrive later, to be of service later, and to be more responsible later. And the, and the better we're able to recognize and meet their needs, the more secure they'll grow in their attachments, God, and the more independent they'll feel. And we just thank you for them. We thank you for this window of time we have to help mold them and shape them and empower them in their words and their actions. God, give us the patience we need as our children are learning independence. Let us see their effort. Let us encourage their progress. Let us support them in a way that isn't overbearing or intrusive. And we pray for our children this week, God. We pray they feel encouraged and supported in our homes. We pray for their patience as they're learning and trying to do new things for their courage, God. We pray they feel and understand that even from a young age, they're important and they're important parts of our family and that our family needs them and their contributions and how much they matter to us and to those around them, God. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you love Mommy's Polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review, and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Motherhood Podcast. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources, information on how to join and participate in the Motherhood Village, and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you.